Hey guys, this is Sam, and you're listening to the Facing the Sun podcast, the show that helps shine a light on building a better you. All right, my friends, today we are, as always, getting very vulnerable and transparent, but today is going to be the beginning of a new journey kind of a journal series again for me, but we're going to be unpacking and talking about attachment styles, specifically anxious attachment styles, because that is something I'm actively working on healing at the moment. And as I've started to go down this road, I have found that there are lots of resources for like, in theory, what to do to manage your anxious attachment style, like Make sure you regulate your nervous system and practice self-love and, you know, set boundaries, which are all great things. But the thing that I'm learning is there is very little uh, material out there that really breaks it down for you and talks about how to do those things. And so I, instead of just internalizing this, I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to document this journey of me really, really healing this piece of my shadow that I have been keeping in the dark for a long time. And so I wanted to just start with talking about what attachment styles are. And they are basically realized in your childhood based on your home environment, your family, how available people were, how you were soothed when you were a child. And Oftentimes, when people talk about attachment styles, they think they come from trauma with a capital T, which is a very real scenario for a lot of people. I mean, trauma happens to all of us, but that's not always the case. Um, Trauma and attachment styles can be developed in small moments, too. And so I, over the course of my life, with the way things have happened and relationships I have been in, I have developed this anxious attachment style. And how this shows up in my relationship oftentimes is just the... Uh, as it as is the name, so much anxiety around the relationship and my partner and the interactions between us and just kind of overanalyzing and ruminating and reading into things too much. And it's really deliciously ironic that I struggle with this thing because I'm a life coach, right? And I feel like I have a decent grasp on my spirituality and what's going on in my life and my emotions. And when I'm operating normally, in my regular day-to-day, I do have quite good foresight, but anxious attachment styles are, when they're triggered, you fall into a stress reaction and a nervous system response. A lot of people refer to this as the lizard brain, and it's really not good at logical thinking and extrapolating and reverse engineering what's going on in your life to really unpack why you might be feeling that anxiety or why you might be feeling that true internal response to something that's happening in your world. And so I have been, I think, in denial, truthfully, about having this. I think I was like, yeah, I used to have an anxious attachment style, but then I went on this spiritual journey, and now everything is connected, and everything happens for a reason. And I can say that for a lot of things in my life, uh, but my romantic relationship is, while it is wonderful and beautiful, this is an area that I absolutely know I need to grow in because I see it, and there are hard facts that show that I struggle with this. And so I just very recently um, kind of dug my heels in and was like, all right, no more. And we talk about this a lot in my coaching program. There are different levels of energy 
that we typically operate in. There are seven levels. One is basically the, you know, the super self-centered victim mentality of, oh my God, woe is me. Life is happening to me, not for me. Why does this always happen? Um, and then level seven is just true oneness, basically sitting in the seat of consciousness and observing things as they happen with no need for control. And it's been very interesting because I typically operate around a level five, level six, and we'll talk about this more as we get into more coaching episodes. But when my anxious attachment style is triggered, I drop immediately into a one and a two response. So it's a very, it's a not, not really a productive space to be for me. And so I have been over the, even just the last like week or so painfully aware of how often that actually really does show up for me day to day. And so as I started doing research and I see it on social media all the time, like anxious attachment styles can show up as this, as X, Y, and Z. And it's great to know that. And awareness is the first step in fixing this and healing this attachment style. But there are so many different things you could be doing. And it felt very overwhelming when I started looking into this more like, I knew that you have to practice self-care and I have a morning habit routine and an evening habit routine that I love. And it's great. All is fine and dandy to do those things. But it, when it really matters is when that nervous system is triggered and you need to be able to navigate that instead of doing these protests, they're called protest behaviors, to soothe yourself using someone or something else. And so... The next few episodes are really, maybe not in a row, but you'll see them come out as a series of of how I'm navigating this and how it is to navigate with a partner. Because the irony of this is when I'm single, I don't have an anxious attachment style, right? Because I'm not dating anybody. And I'm solely focused on taking care of myself and filling my own cup. And I think I am, as is everyone, a product of my life experience, and I have had some pretty gnarly um, traumatic experiences that have contributed to this, but we've finally reached the point where I'm like, all right, no more. You can talk about shitty relationships all you want, and yes, they were terrible, and yes, that guy was a douchebag, or that girl was a douchebag, or that didn't end the way I wanted, and I have this trauma from it now, or I really struggle with this, that's great. Please be aware of it. Please own it. But we're to the point, at least for me now, where like some some shit's got to give, right? We've got to do something. And so I just want to, I want you guys to help keep me accountable as well. And doing a podcast episode about this and a series about this is going to help keep me accountable for continuing to dig my heels in and continuing to, to grow and learn about myself in this area. And, and I had a hard time really, really internalizing and processing that I was not the only one dealing with this. I think I was struggling with some imposter syndrome for a minute there because I was like, well, how are people going to want to work with me as a coach if I still struggle with this thing? with this attachment style, like, does it invalidate me? Does it invalidate my, my education, my certifications? Like, this is going to make me undesirable, right? And I am trusting in the universe that it actually does the opposite. Because I want you guys to know that uh, the reason I did this coaching program is because I wanted to be a product, a student of my own experience. And I wanted to learn the things that I was going to be teaching people and help them put them into practice, right? So many people become coaches 
because they just think that they can consult people. But you got to do the work and we got to dive into what that work actually is. What does it look like every day for you to show up and work on these things? And I think the word work in the spiritual world is kind of becoming overused and saturated. They're like, yeah, you got to do the work and you got to do shadow work and you got blah, 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 all this stuff. And yes, you do. But do you even know what that looks like for you specifically? And you have to figure out what that is. And so over the last little bit, I've been really diving into what the work looks like for me. And so I'm just going to take you on that journey really quick. We'll set a baseline and then, you know, we'll continue to move on from here. So when with an anxious attachment style, when you get triggered by something, it can be the silliest thing. Um, but you basically only feel as secure as the last interaction with your partner because you, when you were younger, you had to read into people's emotions and they weren't always honest with you about how they were feeling. So you had to interpret or read between the lines about what they really meant or what they really wanted. So there's always kind of a hidden agenda, right? This is very common if you had narcissists in your life growing up or anything like that. Like you, you never really knew what was going on. You had to figure it out yourself. And so any shift in behavior or mood or tone of voice can trigger this attachment response. And when that happens, you feel it physically. I feel it in my chest. It feels like I can't breathe. It feels like it's hard to talk. And I, I feel like I need to either run away or completely shut down that the emotions I'm feeling are too big and I'm freaking out and I need to take control of the situation. Right. So that usually, you know, manifests in me trying to control a situation where I don't really need to be in control. And so this basically what the, the area that I'm starting in is learning to recognize when that is happening and being able to separate those thoughts from my actual conscious mind. And if you've read The Untethered Soul, you know I talk about this all the time, but Michael Singer talks about uh, sitting in the seat of consciousness and viewing the voice inside your head as another person or another thing. You're the one who notices the voice. And so lately, as I have been noticing my anxiety or my anxious attachment start to come up is talking to her like, oh, you're being you're being a little dramatic right now. Like, or who told you that was going on? Like, where did you get that information from? What's the basis? And I really, the voice in my head never really has an answer. It's always just, oh, because that's what happened before. Or, oh, because I just know, right? But she doesn't really know. She's just responding because that's how my nervous system is programmed to respond. And so it's my job to notice that change and notice that uh, nervous system irregulation and noticing is the first step and then doing something to regulate it. And so this is where it gets weedy and weird is because there are so many ways people recommend regulating your nervous system, but you have to find ones that work for you specifically. And so I've been trying a lot of different things. You can sit down, you know, put away all distractions, put your hand over your chest or your heart and talk to your inner child, tell her that she's safe. Um, anxious attachment is rooted in the fear of abandonment and being left alone. And so really part of the work comes from being okay, being alone and knowing that you're okay by yourself and no matter what. And 
Johnny always says becoming outcome independent, right? You're not tied to a certain outcome. You just know that no matter what happens, you've got you and you're going to be okay. And so I've done that. That works really well for me. Breathing works really well for me. Inhale for four seconds, hold for four and exhale for four seconds. That one tends to work in a pinch. But I've really found that having just noticing the internal dialogue instead of falling into that rumination pattern has been really helpful because I've been able to separate myself from the anxious thoughts. And so before it was, I would make up all these stories of what was happening or how they were feeling or what was going on. And now I'm able to literally visualize those thoughts spinning in a circle and watching them and thinking, wow, they're, they're just being very dramatic over there. <laughs> I don't know why they're stressing about this because nothing has changed. This is just your interpretation of the situation. That doesn't mean that's what's actually happening. And so that works really well. I also hired a coach, take my own advice, and I hired a attachment style coach that specializes in helping people heal these anxious attachment styles. And one thing he told me to start doing immediately, and I knew that this was going to be a thing because it's all over social media right now, was uh, cold exposure therapy. And he's like, do you have a bathtub? I was like, yes, obviously I take a bath every single day. And he goes, cool, you're going to start doing cold plunges every single morning in your bathtub. I was like, okay, great. So what this does, for those who have read or heard about cold exposure therapy but don't really know what it does, it puts your body in a legitimate, quote-unquote, threat, threat, threatening, threatening situation. I was going to try to say stressful and threatening, and it was going to come out threatful for those of you wondering what was happening in my brain right there. It creates a seemingly threatening situation that your nervous system has to regulate on its own. You put your body there. It's really cold and your system is starting to light up, right? There's anxiety. There's, Oh, I gotta get out of this. It's too cold. And you sit and you breathe And you talk to yourself and you say, this is okay. I am okay. And so you're mimicking what happens when you get triggered in those situations for your attachment style. You're mimicking what your nervous response does. So it's helping you practice being able to come back out of it, being able to say, I'm okay. We are here. You're going to make it through this. This is just for right now. And then we're going to move on. So I've been doing that every morning. It's been super helpful. It also helps my stress tolerance. You know, Um, when things get really stressful, I'm able to reach back into that tool bag essentially and be like, okay, we're okay. We're going to be fine and we're going to make it out of this. So cold exposure therapy, breathing and journaling, really. Uh, I got away from journaling for a long time and being a writer, I need to not get away from writing. It really helps me process and it really helps clear my mind. But that's those are just three things that work for me. And so if you're like me and you're wanting to kind of get over this piece of our shadow and bring it into the light and learn more about us, uh, we ought to find the things that work for you and really help your mind feel clear. That could be going on a walk. That could be grounding in nature. That could be dancing. That could be drawing. It could be singing. Anything that helps you connect to your inner child and really, really brings you joy, I think is a great place to start. And so that's where we're at, kids, is just doing the damn thing and taking small steps, but also making ourselves a priority because what I was doing before and what I thought I was doing clearly wasn't enough because we're not really making any progress. And 
so it's time. But I also want you to remember, and something I am I'm trying to tell myself is, this is not anything to be ashamed of. You didn't wake up every day and choose this. None of us did. This is just the cards we've been dealt. And it's up to us to take responsibility for healing this piece. And as hard as it is, because it's hard, and no one talks about how fucking hard the work is when you're in it, when you have to wake up in the morning early and go to the gym because you know it's going to be good for you and you have to sit in the cold bathtub that's really uncomfortable and they, they talk about the great benefits, but it's hard. It's going to be hard. But what we've been doing before and the habits we've been stuck in before are going to be harder to continue in the rest of our lives. And so you're not alone and I want you to know that. And I'm mostly saying that for myself because I know I'm not doing this by myself. And also for those of you in relationships, make sure you have a partner that is not triggering those things because of their own attachment styles. They always talk about the anxious attachment, avoidant attachment dynamic and how that's so detrimental. And so we need to have the awareness to make sure we're with a partner that can hold the space when they need to, because it's a give and take, right? I'm going to take responsibility for this healing that I know I need to do. But my partner is not going to sit there and say, I can never hold space for you. I can never support you in this journey. He's absolutely going to show up in the capacity that he can. But you also have to remember, and this is something I tell myself, is it's not their job to make you feel better. They will be respectful. They will be kind. They will be supportive. But when it comes to regulating your system, it is not their job. And we should not be reaching out to them for regulation when we get triggered. We can communicate and we can own this part of our soul and our spirit. That's the only way it's going to get better is to love it through this instead of hiding it away or pretending it doesn't exist. But make sure you're surrounded with people in your life who really can appropriately hold the space and help you do the work instead of either doing it for you or or not doing it at all, honestly. So this is the journey that we're on. Uh, I'm very grateful for you guys and very grateful for the platform I have to be able to talk about this stuff. It's very therapeutic for me. So even if no one listens and no one resonates, I think this will be very therapeutic for me in my own healing journey. If you guys have any questions about anxious attachment style that you want to talk about when it comes to coaching, I will relay those to my coach. We will talk about them on the next episode. If you have questions for partners, if your partner has this attachment style please send them my way. You can send me a DM on Instagram, samadam7, or you can DM the Facing the Sun podcast Instagram, tag us on your stories. We can chat about this. Uh, But yeah, I will talk to you guys very soon. Love you all. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you. If you want to keep up with all the happenings, be sure to like, follow, subscribe. You know the drill. You can also find me on Instagram at samadam7 and find out more about the biz at sunfloweragencies.com. That's S-N-F-L-W-R agencies.com. Thanks guys.